Hello and welcome to the PCOS Nutritionist Podcast. If we haven't met yet, then my name is Claire. Welcome here. Um, so I'm a registered nutritionist and I've got a background in exercise science and also I'm a trained teacher in natural fertility education as well. So that's kind of what we deal with in the podcast is everything about PCOS and really because I have it too, so that's why I'm so passionate about it um, and helping you understand your body more uh, because I know that I kind of struggled fighting my body for about 10 years before I really kind of understood what was going on and really getting to the root cause of why my hormones were doing what they're doing. Um, I was trying to fight the hormones rather than actually trying to get to the root cause of why that was happening. So I cover that a lot in this podcast. If you haven't listened to the very first episode of this podcast, go back and listen to that. Understand the theory about how PCOS is a condition that is your genetics combined with your environment. And while we can't change our our genetics, we can change our environment, which is what we're eating, how we're moving, our sleep, uh, like nutrient levels, to actually see, uh, you know, work with those genes better. So this is a short form Q&A podcast where you guys submit questions on our Instagram stories. We generally pop a question box up every Tuesday or Wednesday and then I answer those. So today actually there was lots there but there was one that cropped up a couple of times that I really need to cover off and we haven't covered this off yet and this is the diagnosis part of PCOS. So I am not a doctor therefore I cannot diagnose that is not in the remit of my role as a registered nutritionist and exercise scientist my role is really the helping you once you get that diagnosis Um, but I have had many cases where women have come to me and they haven't really been correctly diagnosed so a common thing and uh, Amy you were asking about this is that if you sometimes you'll get an ultrasound and a doctor or whoever's doing your ultrasound will see the cysts on your ovary. So just quickly, they aren't actually cysts. They are actually just follicles or baby eggs. Okay, so that's what that's what a follicle is kind of the pre-egg before you ovulate. That's what's sitting inside your ovary. Um, and often when in women with PCOS, when you don't ovulate, those little baby follicles they can't get released and so they sort of stay stuck on the ovary and appear as cysts so the guys who first found PCOS I guess that's what the term that you use first kind of um, found it as a condition they said and this is a quote that the ovaries had a cyst like appearance they weren't saying that they were cysts they were just saying they had a cyst like appearance okay an ovarian cyst is actually very very different it's an entirely different thing and I've got a post on my Instagram about the difference between those two but the cysts on the ovaries are just that's what you can think about them as just baby eggs they're not precancerous they're nothing like that they are just baby eggs okay and up to 25% of women have these cysts or baby eggs on the ovaries Okay, so only 10% have PCOS, so there's a whole 15% there that don't have PCOS but do have cysts on their ovaries or follicles on their ovaries. Okay, so that's why a doctor can't just diagnose you by going, oh, look, there's cysts on your ovaries, you've got PCOS. You have to actually be diagnosed according to, at the moment, the standard way of diagnosis, the standard accepted way is called the Rotterdam criteria. So think Rotterdam in the Netherlands, 
that's what it's named after. There was a big conference there and that's um, what they've named this criteria after. So the Rotterdam criteria states that you have to have two out of three conditions to be diagnosed with PCOS. One is irregular cycles. So what's this irregular cycle? A regular cycle is that it, your, your menstrual cycle lasts for 28 days plus or minus five. Okay, so it could be as short as 23 days and as long as 33 days for it still to be classified as regular. So you count from the first day of your period, the first day of bleeding, generally not just spotting, just the actual flow. And then you count all the way through until the day before your next day of flow. Okay, so that's how you count your cycle length. And this is why it can be quite helpful to put this either in your calendar or use an app to record this, um, just so you can see from month to month what your cycle length is looking like. When it comes to the actual bleeding part, a real period should be at least two days of flow. Okay, if it's shorter than that, it's probably not a period, it's probably more intermenstrual bleeding and it should last up to seven days. If it's longer than seven days, again, it's probably more like intermenstrual bleeding rather than it being a period. So intermenstrual bleeding means that, so a period only comes after you've ovulated, intermenstrual bleeding comes um, when you haven't ovulated. Okay, so this is why I'm really a huge fan of women tracking their cycles using temperature and cervical fluid. Um, so that you actually know, okay, is, was that a real period or did I not ovulate and therefore was it intermenstrual bleeding? We're kind of getting off track here, but I just want to let you know because when someone says, do you have irregular cycles? If you don't know what a regular cycle is, then how can you answer yes or no to that question? So if you, for example, know that your, like, your cycle comes every month at the same time, but it's 36 days, then you can go, yeah, it is irregular because it's longer than that, you know, than the optimal time. So if you go, if you, you know, go going through this criteria, this is how you can determine yourself whether your period is regular or not. If you want to know more about that, how to do, find out whether you're ovulating or not, please don't use ovulation predictor kits. They are a waste, absolute waste of money. If you read on the back of Clear Blue one, Clear Blue's one, it actually says they're not for use in PCOS because the hormone they measure, luteinizing hormone, is already too high in most women with PCOS. So don't waste your money. Instead, actually figure out how to do this using temperature and cervical fluid. It's freaking easy and free once you've learned how to do it. So um, we've got a whole course on it. If you want to know more, it's at eggducated.com, E-G-G-D-U-C-A-T-D-E-D. So kind of like educated, but egg, yes, it's a pun. Uh, we, lit, we love a pun around here. So it's educated.com, and I'll put the link to that in the show notes. It takes about seven days to learn how to do this. You get a new module every day, um, and it costs $99 for the whole the whole module. And we go into lots of other detail about optimal sperm parameters and stuff for those of you that are trying to conceive. So heaps of information in there for those of you that do want to know. But if you just want to know if you're ovulating, you can get started within three days and learn the full how to do it in about seven days. So... That is the first criteria of the Rotterdam criteria. One, well, one of the three. So remember that you've got to have two out of the three. First one is that you have an irregular cycle. Second is, and the other part of a regular cycle is that it could be that it just changes in length from month to month. So so long as it's within that 28 plus or minus five around about there, 
then even if it changes by a couple of days every cycle, that's probably okay. But if it's, um, it probably doesn't mean that it's irregular. But if it's changing from, say, you know, 28 days one month, then 40 days the next month, yes, that is an irregular cycle because you have those days outside of the 28 plus or minus five. The second, the two out of the three criteria is that you have higher androgens or symptoms of. So androgens are the quote-unquote male hormones. So testosterone, DHAS, andesunodione. Okay, and a big thing here is that these are not always high when you get your lab results back. And this is because um, they are mostly, so your androgens aren't necessarily floating around freely in your blood. And so when you take a blood test, what they're looking for is how much is in the blood. And so often I'll see women that have quite low testosterone in their blood work, but they still have these the, high, the symptoms of PCOS, like they might have facial hair growth or acne or hair loss. Catherine, I know that you were asking about this on the Q&A. So yes, you can still, you don't have to have high androgens to have PCOS because as I've just said, you only have to have two out of these three criteria to get diagnosed with PCOS. But if you have symptoms like acne, like hair growth, like hair loss, it's actually very likely that your androgens are high, but they're just not high in your blood because they're in your cells, you know, doing all of that nasty work, making you get facial hair and acne and things like that. Okay, so this is a really, it's it's a hard one to wrap your head around, but um, it doesn't, it's not necessary to have those high androgens in the blood work, but it is often really, really common to have these high androgens, even if you don't. So, um so yes, yeah, so you can have either high in the blood work or have symptoms of. So I just mentioned the symptoms were generally acne, facial or body hair growth, uh, and hair loss, especially in the what you would um, think about as the main areas that males would start to lose their hair. So in the crown of their head, widening of your part, receding hairline, those kind of areas. If it's all over, Generally, that's something else, and I've done a lot of podcasts on hair loss. You can go back and listen to those to understand a bit more about what else could be causing that hair loss if it tends to be more uniform all over. Um, so that's the second. The third criteria is those follicles or cysts on the ovaries. So as you can see, you can actually have PCOS and not have follicles or cysts on your ovaries, okay, if you meet those other two criteria. Similarly, you can have PCOS and not have those high androgens if you have the cysts on your ovaries and um and the irregular cycles but also too PCOS can be um, you know you can see that you can't just get diagnosed just from having one of those just from having the cysts on the ovaries and this is why they can't just you know do a scan like I know um, Amy you were saying that your doctor just did a scan and said oh you've got PCOS Um, when I said to you well actually that you know that needs to meet the Rotterdam criteria so you have to have these other two parts you went back to your doctor and they said, actually, yeah, you're right. Maybe you just have the polycystic ovaries, not the syndrome. Okay, so just realize that sometimes also you might take it out of context. You might hear your doctor say, oh, you've got polycystic ovaries. And then you go away and Google and the first thing that crops up is polycystic ovary syndrome. Okay, they're not the same thing. As I said before, about a quarter of women have these cysts or follicles on their ovaries. It doesn't mean you have the syndrome. To have the syndrome, you have to have meet two out of those three criteria um, according to the Rotterdam criteria okay 
So I hope that that has helped answer that question a little bit about how PCOS is diagnosed and why it can be hard and also why sometimes it's really hard to distinguish between that PCOS and another condition called hypothalamic amenorrhea. So hypothalamic amenorrhea is generally caused by when your, so it's your hypothalamic, your hypothalamus is a part of your brain and it communicates with your ovaries. Your hypothalamus is always looking out for cues in your environment to tell you whether you are safe or not and whether it's safe to ovulate and bring a baby into this world. If your hypothalamus picks up that something's not safe, so a really common one is that you're just not eating enough and your hypothalamus thinks, oh my gosh, we're going into a famine, I'm not going to be able to support a baby, let alone survive myself, so I'm just going to stop you from ovulating so that we don't have to worry about not only caring for ourselves but also looking after a baby. And so that can cause you to stop ovulating, which or make your ovulation really irregular, which then makes your period really irregular. And because you're not ovulating, you get in those follicles on the ovaries, which appears as cysts. And therefore, you can get diagnosed with PCOS, but actually it's not really PCOS, it's more hypothalamic amenorrhea. Okay, so just be aware as well that there is some other mimicking conditions which make it, you know, quite difficult. And that's kind of why it's hard sometimes to diagnose PCOS and um, and get the right diagnosis um, but I'd say that and even for some women with hypothalamic amenorrhea they may have a little bit of extra body hair growth and stuff like that as well um, so just yeah just be aware that there are some other conditions which mimic PCOS another one is called non-congenital adrenal hyperplasia and this is a genetic chromosomal um condition which can cause your body to overproduce those androgens or testosterone okay so your doctor should when they diagnosing you they should kind of rule out those other conditions and make sure they think it's the right one but again from their perspective sometimes that can be really hard to do to differentiate between hypothalamic amenorrhea and PCOS um, so that is all for today I think that that really though is a super important one to cover off and just because I had those questions oh the other person that that kind of answered your question is Sarah and um, Sarah your question why am I lean with PCOS and a full cycle my doctor says I have too much testosterone why is that I think what that question there is that you know just I kind of answer that that you can have PCOS and have high testosterone but not have irregular cycles remembering that the irregular cycles are just one of the three criteria if you have the high testosterone and also you have the cysts on the ovaries then you could get diagnosed with PCOS as well so hopefully that answers your question a little bit there Sarah too so that's all for today hope that it um, helped many of you um, we'll be back next week with another full podcast on Tuesday in the meantime if you want to know more once you have been diagnosed with PCOS you want to know more about your PCOS to help you then head to the PCOSnutritionist.com forward slash the PCOS protocol and you can find out all about our 12-week program where um, I help you uncover that root cause that and those environmental factors that you can, that you do have control over um, that are going to make the biggest difference for you. So instead of you trying to cut out all sorts of different foods out of your diet and um, doing all sorts of different exercises, you're thinking you've got to do HIIT and yoga and strength training, we can kind of narrow that down and be like, actually, these are the most important changes for you and then help you implement those over the following um, 11 weeks of the program as well. So this is the program that I devised 
from working with women, thousands of women over years, um, I was like, actually, we can do this way smarter. You know, instead of me only being able to see, you know, 100 women a month, I can now see 500 women a month through this program. So we go through, it's the same, pretty much exactly the same thing as what I would go through with working with someone one-on-one. Um, it's just, we're just kind of speeding up that process of figuring out what's what's kind of the main issue by um, doing it through a program state. And also means that you get the community support of having other women around you who are going through the same thing and implementing the same things as you are as well so they can help you answer questions and and give recipe inspiration and um, be there to support you when you're finding things tough and be there to celebrate it when you're having your successes. So I'm there every day answering questions in the Facebook group every week on our live video calls where we chat together so it's not like you just get a PDF and you're left on your own where it's a live course we're there with you all the way so if you want to find out more about that head to that website the pcosnutritionist.com forward slash the PCOS protocol or just hit program from the main menu once you're on the, on the website and I'll put a link to it in the show notes as well thanks so much for listening see you again next week bye Now stand by for our disclaimer. The information contained in this podcast has been prepared for the purpose of providing information including about the PCOS Nutritionist products and services and is designed to support clients' overall wellness. It is not intended to provide medical advice or designed to rectify, treat or cure any specific medical conditions or diseases. Nothing stated or shared in our podcast is intended to be and must not be taken to be medical advice. Please seek the advice of professionals, as appropriate, regarding the evaluation of any specific information, opinion, advice or content contained in our podcast.